0: Hey there, friend. Welcome to our very first episode of Advocate with Confidence, Equipping Parents of Students with Special Needs. I'm your host, Regina Glass, IEP Strategist and Special Education Parent Coach, and on our first episode today, I will be taking out some time to share with you who I am, my special education advocacy journey, and I will be sharing with you what you can expect from this podcast. Now, before we jump into our episode, I have some questions for you. Are you a parent who feels anxious and overwhelmed every time you step foot into your child's IEP? Or maybe you feel confused just following the IEP conversation because you don't understand the language and the terminology that the IEP team is using to describe the assessment and to describe your child's services and supports. Or maybe you're like some of my clients where you feel invisible and unheard like you don't even have a voice in your own child's IEP. Well, if either one of these scenarios describe you, then you won't want to miss my upcoming free virtual workshop, IEP Essentials, Five Strategies to Help Parents Navigate the IEP Process. This workshop will provide you with information and strategies to help you show up in your child's IEP differently show up confidently, and be able to provide input and ask clarifying questions to help advocate for the resources, supports, and services your child needs to be successful. Now, if this sounds like a workshop that could help you, or maybe you know someone else who needs support in this area, please sign up for this workshop at bit.ly forward slash IEP Essentials. Please go on over to bit.ly IEP Essentials to register today. You will not want to miss out on this opportunity. I hope to see you there. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to Advocate with Confidence. I'm your host, Regina Glass a special education parent, coach, and consultant. With over two decades of experience in special education, I have seen the challenges parents of children with special needs face. So tell me, are you a parent who feels overwhelmed at every IEP meeting? Do you feel your requests and concerns are going ignored during the IEP meeting? Have you answered yes to either of these questions? Then this podcast is for you. Each week, I will share tips, resources, and strategies that will equip you to navigate IEP meetings and advocate for your child confidently. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. First of all, you may be wondering what even makes me qualified to talk to parents about advocating for their children in special education in the IEP process. Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Now, I am going to be transparent. I am not a parent of a student with disabilities. However, I have many loved ones and close friends that I have advocated for their children with special needs. I also have worked closely with hundreds of parents of students with disabilities in the public school system for almost 20 years, and I have seen firsthand the challenges these parents face and their need for information, for resources, and for a community to support them on their special education journey. Their children are facing many times what seems Insurmountable inequities in education. Some of those inequities include their children not being allowed the opportunity to interact with their general education peers and be exposed to the general education setting. In fact, did you know that the average student with significant disabilities only spends about 20% of their time in the general education setting among their general education peers? Did you also know that students with disabilities typically do not make adequate progress towards their academic goals, especially in comparison to their general education peers? Well, those are just two of the inequities that I know firsthand that our students with disabilities face. So my goal through this podcast and my advocacy efforts is to help address many of these inequities in special education that students with disabilities and their parents face day after day. I also hope to with this podcast to empower parents of students with disabilities with knowledge and skills to confidently advocate for their children with disabilities while also learning to foster positive relationships with their IEP teams because I truly believe that the parents and our schools need to work together in order for us to truly do what's in the best interest of children. And parents, you hold the key and you hold the power to accomplishing this. Now, my introduction to the world of special education and my passion for special education advocacy all started with an amazing little boy named Anthony. Anthony was a foster child of one of my neighbors, and this little boy, he came from uh, an abusive home, sadly, and to be honest with you, he had not really attended formal school up until he was in the second grade. So as you can imagine, he had many academic and behavioral challenges, and his um, foster mom, to be honest with you, did not even know how to support him. When Anthony was enrolled in school, finally, he was evaluated for special education, and the psychologists determined that Anthony qualified for special education services under the category of mental retardation. Now, that label no longer exists today. Now, instead of mental retardation, the category is intellectual disability, so One day, Anthony's mother had expressed to me just all the challenges that she was having. And she asked me if I would start helping Anthony with his homework because she was at her wit's end and he just was not responding to her. So I agreed to do so. So I remember the first time working with Anthony, some of the things that stuck out for me was that he was an exceptionally bright young man. He had a lot of street smarts. But with no real schooling, he was far behind his peers. Now, Anthony had a whole lot of energy and a short attention span. So although I didn't have an educational background or a teaching credential, I realized that I needed to use high interest objects and activities to teach Anthony his colors and his shapes. For example, when I started teaching him his colors, I would say things like, Well, Anthony, let's play basketball with the orange basketball. Anthony, can you shoot a basket with the orange basketball? Now throw me the orange basketball so I can try to make a three-pointer with the orange basketball. And then after we kind of practice this for a while, I'd say, Anthony, what color is the basketball? And Anthony with a huge smile on his face from ear to ear would say, Orange, the basketball is orange. Well, I use these same strategies with the brown football, which, by the way, was Anthony's all-time favorite sport. The white softball, the yellow tennis ball, and the red beach ball. Well, after about two hours of practicing Anthony's colors using high-interest objects and activities, guess what? Anthony knew most of his colors, and I was hooked, and my journey as a special educator began. Now, here I am almost 20 years later. I am still very passionate about this work, but now my focus is on empowering the parents of students with disabilities to confidently advocate and effectively advocate for their children's education and overall success. Now, just a little bit about my professional experience in special education that helped lead me to my special education advocacy work. As I shared, I have almost 20 years in education and specifically in special education. My positions included special education teacher, instructional specialist, special education principal, and special education district administrators. So in these positions, I have had the opportunity to work with hundreds of students, parents, teachers, paraprofessionals, and administrators. Now, for the last six years, I have worked as a special education district administrator where I've had the pleasure to work directly with parents of students with disabilities and their IEP teams to help them resolve conflicts and to reach consensus between the district and parent related to children's individualized education programs in order to help the team focus on the best outcomes for the student and make decisions that will help these students succeed in school. My experiences with these parents and just witnessing their feelings of frustration Being overwhelmed, confused, fearful, and I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes even angry truly helps solidify my realization that we needed to educate parents so that they can fully participate in the IEP process and learn to work collaboratively with the IEP teams to help ensure that the team is able to truly make the best decisions for the children. Now, I recall an event that truly served as just, I'm going to say, a confirmation that I was called to support parents. This was just a pivotal event for me. So, a friend of mine had told me about a family who had just relocated from out of state and they were having a difficult time getting their school district to implement their child's out-of-state IEP fully. And so two of the areas that the parent had shared that they were struggling with getting the district to implement was, number one, the uh, a reading program. The out-of-state district had um, included in the IEP a specific reading intervention program that the child was to participate in in order to work on decoding skills and comprehension skills. However, that out-of-state district didn't send the program with the students, so it was the new district's responsibility to provide that reading program. And then secondly, the district was having a difficult time starting The um, student mainstreaming, meaning the student was supposed to go into the general education classroom for a portion of the day, but the school had not started mainstreaming the child and they were already a few months into the school year. And so I, um, I don't typically do this. Typically, I, I coach parents, but this parent was having such a difficult time that I agreed to attend the IEP and act as an advocate or family friend for the student and the, and the parent. And so at the IEP meeting, I, I I really focused on trying to coach the parent, but some of the things that I should, told the parent going in is that you need to let the parent know, you need to let the, the school team know what your concerns are. And your concerns are is that your child is not getting intervention with the reading program that is included in, that is a part of their IEP and your child is not being mainstream. And so I had the parents share with the team the the two areas that the IEP was being violated in, and also that this was a denial of her child's free and appropriate education. The IEP and your child's IEP states it too. every, Every IEP says the district's offer of FAPE is, the district's offer of free, appropriate public education is, and so a part of that offer of FAPE is the percentage of time in and out of general education. So the parent shared with the team her concerns and how her child uh, was being denied a free and appropriate education. The uh, district then shared that they did not have that reading program. And so they weren't able to provide it with to the student and that they would not be purchasing the program. And they also shared that they were not currently able to mainstream her child. In other words, allow her child to go into general education because her child has some behaviors and the general education teachers for that grade level had made it clear that they were not qualified to address her child's behavior. So at that point, I stepped in and I just shared with the team, the parent and I are able to understand your challenges. However, by law, you are required to implement this IEP. So in today's IEP, we need to have a conversation and come up with a plan and revise this IEP to indicate how you're going to meet those two areas, the reading intervention program and the mainstream program. And so we, during that IEP, I was able to help facilitate between the the parent and the district a conversation about truly what did that reading program offer, what does the district's reading program offer, and can the district's reading intervention program meet the same areas of needs as the out-of-state program. So the district was able to show us the components of that program in the IEP. And so the parent agreed to allow the district for the next six to eight weeks to use their program, and we would come back and we would reconvene. And if her child was making progress, then she would agree to them to use that program. If not, then we would have to come back to the table about um, and look at the other intervention. Secondly, we had a conversation about mainstreaming and so I just ex- I explained to the team that we understand the concerns with behaviors but it's this team's responsibility to fill to figure out how the behaviors are going to be addressed and how that child is going to be supported in the mainstream class so that they can go in and participate in the general education setting per their IEP. So as a team, we came up with a plan Number one was to revise the behavior intervention plan with strategies to support the child's behavior. Number two, um, we agreed to send the instructional aid into the general education class with the student to help the student transition, to help manage the the student's behavior and address the behavior and teach the child the skills he needed so that he could fully participate in the class. And so, we were able to work those things out in the IEP, and that student was able to to begin being mainstream, and that student was able to use the reading intervention program that that the school had. And we reconvened in about eight weeks, and it was determined that the child was making adequate progress. And so, the IEP was revised to take out the other state's intervention program and allow the student to participate in the current district's program. In the end, this team was able to develop an effective IEP to meet um, this child's needs, and the parent was actively involved in the development of this IEP. And one thing that I I really want to emphasize and one thing that really just stuck with me is that the parent and the team were able to build a positive relationship, which set the foundation for how future IEPs were held and the implementation of future IEPs. I remember the parent sharing with me as we left the IEP meeting that she finally felt heard and that she felt confident and reassured that her child was going to receive the services and supports that were appropriate for her child. But she also shared that for the first time she truly felt like an equal Partner in the IEP and like she had a voice in the IEP. Now, experiences like this, just sitting at the IEP meeting table with many parents, like this parent that I just shared about, who struggle to use their voice to confidently advocate for their children, has helped motivate me to start this podcast as well. I believe one of the reasons that I am so passionate about empowering parents with a voice to advocate for their children is because I can relate personally all too well to how they're feeling. And that's because I too struggled for many years to use my own voice to advocate for myself in professional and personal settings for many years. I'll be honest with you, I remember many times leaving a staff meeting, a management meeting, and I'm embarrassed to admit, even some family meetings, feeling frustrated, and feeling unheard. Like I wasn't even a part of the team. No, like I wasn't even in the room. Now, my desire is to use this podcast to educate and empower parents of children with special needs with the skills and knowledge necessary for them to competently advocate for their children in a manner that fosters positive relationships with the IEP team. Because as I shared, This is not something that parents can do on their own. This is not something that the school IEP team can do on their own. We need all members, that includes parents and the school IEP team, to work together collaboratively to do what's best for children. On my podcast, I will be providing you with strategies, resources, and information on special education related topics, including special education law, navigating the IEP process, and how to use assertive communication to help you negotiate for the appropriate special education services, supports, and resources for your child during the IEP. I will also have guest experts and even parents on the show to share their expertise and stories to help educate and inspire you on your special education journey. Who knows? Maybe you will join me one day as a guest parent on the podcast. I just want to share with you that I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every human being on this earth. My purpose is to help ensure that students with disabilities are given the opportunities to develop their abilities, to make sure that they reach their full potential, that they find their purpose in life and that they ultimately become productive members of their communities. Now, how I accomplish my purpose is by educating and empowering their parents and families to advocate competently for them. Now, I just want to remind you again, if you want to be able to walk into your child's next IEP meeting prepared to confidently and effectively advocate for your child's needs and work collaboratively with the IEP team to make the very best decisions for your child, please register for my upcoming free virtual workshop at bit.ly forward slash IEP essentials. This workshop titled IEP Essentials for Parents, Five strategies to help parents navigate the IEP process is something that you won't want to miss. Now, I hope to see you there. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of Advocate with Confidence, equipping parents of students with special needs. Stay tuned for the next week's episode titled, Three Things You Should Do Before Your Child's IEP Meeting. Hey, friend. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Now, before you go, please join our monthly newsletter, The Sped Edge. Head on over to spedgenuity.com to join. All right, friend, I'll chat with you again next week.